He's working for the president, he's working for our country. Alien life, uh, like pedophiles, uh, you know, and it just seeks to tie all of that together. Welcome, listeners, to the 25th chapter of the QAnon Anonymous podcast, The Digital Soldiers and Digital Sadness episode. We are your hosts, Jake Rakotansky, Julian Fields, and Travis View. This week's episode is a sweet and sour buffet, an S&M relationship, a two-faced chimera. On one side, we've got the QAnon obsession with militarism and being, quote, digital soldiers. On the other, we have the very real consequences of believing in this outrageous conspiracy theory, loss of friendship and family relationships. We are going to kick off with Travis View bringing us on a QAnon safari into the heart of the QAnon militarized zone. Then we're going to be led down a dark alley by Jake Rokotansky and gather around a trash can fire to listen to whatever grotesqueries he's prepared for us this week. Finally, we'll interview Krang T. Nelson, a Twitter figure and writer for Vice, who recently penned an article about the tragic side of the QAnon movement. But wait, what's this? QAnon News. First up, uh, QAnon ends posting hiatus with two new Q drops. <laughs> so uh, on February 1st, Q ended a hiatus that began all the way back on January 13th by posting uh, two new Q drops on 8chan. The first one asked last post before going dark, uh, referencing a previous uh, uh, Q drop about Planned Parenthood. Uh, the second one was a stock photo of a couple of jets at dusk that was originally published on uh, in 2015. So oh, fuck, I know it's like he he goes about doing his research the same way you went about finding your profile picture on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was this. Yeah, really, really a uh, low effort comeback. It was like, uh, hey, remember the last post? And here's a picture of a couple jets. Yeah, Lane's yeah. JPEG. Pretty lame. Next up. QAnon promoter uh, Liz Crokin says she'll have to bow out of the movement if mass arrests don't happen this year. Oh, 11 more months of grifting. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. So uh, this was spotted by a right-wing watch. QAnon promoter Liz Crokin, noting that the much-promised mass arrests haven't happened yet, said that she is questioning how much longer she can, quote, stay in this fight, while claiming that she still believes it is an, quote, absolute fact, end quote, that these arrests will take place at some point. Crokin said that uh, if they do not not happen this year she is going to have to bow out of this she's saying no no, no. If for sure it's coming someday but if it's not coming in the next 11 months i'm out yeah that, that does, is yeah, they're like i'll stop like caring and promoting it or also whatever. stay in the fight like who who is pushing back you guys are <laughs> yeah. all just jacking each other off online and then the worst you're going to get is people making fun of you in the media yeah that's it and she said quote quite frankly if they don't happen this year then i'm going to have to bow out of this because exposing this for the past two and a half years has really taken a toll on my health she said uh, i'm sick of it and i'm sick of talking about it oh man yeah, yeah, poor, somebody smells that a, a new liz. that she's going to need to find a new grift yep it's like and now liz croken is <clears throat> something Anyways, uh, we're past QAnon, and uh, we'll be dealing with reptiles and right. uh, other old right. classics and like the Illuminati. And mole men who live <laughs> under the surface of the earth, occasionally kidnapping children. Finally, for QAnon news, I have recently purged Twitter accounts reveals the Russians love pushing QAnon. So this was reported by uh, Ben Collins and Joe Murphy for NBC News. On January 31st, Twitter announced the removal of 418 accounts tied to the Kremlin-backed Internet Research Agency. 
An analysis of the tweets from those accounts reveals an emphasis on promoting QAnon. When removing the spam-style messages that included multiple hashtags, the second most tweeted topic for uh, the Russian troll accounts was hashtag QAnon. The first most tweeted was hashtag MAGA. Jeez. So, Surprised. It turns out that the growth of these movements is a net positive for a foreign government who hates us. <laughs> yeah. I don't have to talk about collusion. That's just, <laughs> just a kind of a fact, it yeah. seems. Next up, QAnon are digital soldiers with Travis View. On October 6, 2017, President Trump attended a press event with senior military staff. During the event, Trump said to the press, you guys know what this represents? Maybe it's the calm before the storm. He never clarifies remarks because he was obviously just being a troll and wanted to fuck with the reporters who were there. However, after the first Q drops were posted later that same month and the QAnon community started to gain steam, they decided that the calm before the storm referenced a special military operation that was about to unfold. And so, since the beginning, the QAnon community has fetishized the military, which is why they often use, like, military jargon, like when they say, uh, five by five, they mean, I hear you loud and clear. Mm -hmm. In a world that they imagine has been corrupted by the evil cabal, they think that the U.S. military is the only uncorrupted institution of the federal government. Interesting. And, in fact, they think that the U.S. military actually recruited Donald Trump to carry out this operation. Yeah, I mean, when I'm looking for a soldier, right. I just, I'm like, hey. What about this Faye real estate guy uh, who looks like a rectangle right. and loves New York gossip? Right. <laughs> now, to show you what I'm talking about, uh, I'm going to show you a video of uh, Jerome Corsi talking about what he and a lot of uh, QAnon people see as the origin of the Q operation. So uh, this particular video comes from a talk that Corsi gave on April 11th, 2018. By the way, when you listen to this, please remember that this is the same Jerome Corsi who has been repeatedly given a platform on CNN and MSNBC because of his possible involvement in the Mueller investigation. Yeah. About three years ago, a group of generals came to me and it was explained to me <laughs> they, were gonna, they were ready to conduct a coup d'etat. They were ready to move... Barack Obama from office with military force. They came to me. Yeah. <laughs> and then a few weeks later, I got another call and said that they were reconsidering. You know why they were reconsidering? No, why? Because they talked to Donald Trump. Oh, wow. And Trump had agreed, Trump agreed that he would run. And they agreed that if he would run, they would conduct their coup d'etat as a legitimate process, rooting out the traitors within government. And that pact between the military and Donald Trump has held. As we've been <laughs> interpreting and watching, and Alex has been following QAnon. QAnon oh, is military shit. intelligence. Oh, shit. That's right. Holy shit. First of all, the military, all these generals called this fucking guy yes. who 
who is so bad at this that he goes and just tells everybody that the generals are doing a secret yeah. thing with yeah. Trump. He busts the entire operation on t- TV, but he's still the first guy they call when yeah, like this right. kind of shit goes down. A guy with no credibility who can't keep his mouth shut. We're going to talk yeah. to him first. Literally a man whose face is a testimony to how much he loves alcohol. <laughs> you know, again, he, he is definitely a strawberry. Yes. They imagine QAnon is this huge military operation. And they also imagine that the military chose uh, 4chan and 8chan Anons to be part of this operation. And Q says this specifically. So in a January 3rd, 2018 Q drop, Q said this. We are fighting for life. We are fighting for good. We are at war. Not everything will be clean, scare, necessary event. Do you trust the U.S. military? Do you trust the chain of command? Have faith. We are in control. Patriots. Patriots Day. Have faith. You are chosen for a reason. You are being provided the highest level of intel to ever be dropped publicly in the history of the world. Use it. Protect and comfort those around you. Where we go one, we go all. So Anons were chosen for a reason. And uh, what's more, uh, General Flynn once made a reference to digital soldiers in a speech. And of course, the QAnon community thinks that he was referring to the Q army specifically. And we have an army okay, as, a, as a soldier and as a, as, a, uh, as a general, as a retired general. We have an army of digital soldiers. <laughs> what we are now, what, what we call, I call them, because this was an insurgency, folks. This was run like an insurgency. This was irregular warfare at its finest wow. in politics. And that, that story will, will continue to be told here. But we have what we call citizen journalists. Oh, my God. Okay? Because, the, because the, the journalists that we have in our media did a disservice to themselves, actually, more than they did to this country. What a scumbag. They did a disservice to themselves because they displayed an arrogance that is unprecedented. And so the American people decided to take over the idea of information. They took over the idea of information uh, and they did it through social media. Damn, I thought we were listening to Foucault. Yeah, what the fuck? I mean, no wonder the the Q army is like so, you know, so for Flynn. I mean, he's talking to them yeah. directly. I mean, it's, it's really rare that there is somebody that is speaking directly as opposed to like interpreted code, you know, or whatever. Yeah. I'd like to reiterate my point, though, Travis, that uh, does not mean you're smart or educated if you're a general. Oh, well. <laughs> This guy. Okay, yeah, this guy's not that great. He's you know, a general. He's, yeah, he he's got general, there. He might be the he, worst he, in the classroom or something. Right, but he's really obnoxious. <laughs> he is an awful, awful man. And he's he's purposefully scrambling these people's brains, yeah. detaching them from any kind of connection to what's considered a general truth and saying, no, 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 you need to go into your brain rabbit holes and your fucking mind palace and learn from the fucking scrapings in the mud that were left by the fool before you. And- yeah, QAnon believers, they really take this thing to heart. They, they imagine that they are digital soldiers recruited by the military to be part of this grand reclaiming of America. Uh, show you what I'm talking about. This is a uh, 
tweet from uh, QAnon promoter at Incarnated uh, ET. And on December 17, 2018, he said this. Now, why would anyone not want to be part of this? <laughs> Millions of online soldiers fighting for everyone's God-given freedoms. We want complete transparency so that everyone can see the world as it really is and not what they have brainwashed us to believe. So hashtag QAnon, hashtag WWG1WGA. This is really why QAnon is such an engrossing LARP. So they're imagining that they're fighting very nobly against this horrible evil. Yeah. So, but what exactly does a digital soldier do? <laughs> do they take up arms in hostile places, far away from modern comforts, eating MREs and facing likely death on some godforsaken battlefield? Yeah. No, they do not. Oh. You might not be surprised to learn that digital soldiering is mostly limited to posting and memeing. Most of that this involves doing really janky, basically worthless research on the 8chan Q research board and spreading misinformation on social media. Wait, so now I'm trying to imagine what the uh, this army's boot camp is. Right. Right. God damn it. I need a picture of Hillary Clinton with text on top of it right now. <laughs> <laughs> However, it can also involve just being really obnoxious. Perhaps the most extreme version <laughs> of the QAnon digital soldier came in the form of Operation Mayflower 2018. Mm. And so Operation Mayflower 2018 was just basically a very large targeted harassment campaign. And it was organized by QAnon believers named Kai Irvin and Nick Reader. And what they did is that they, they organized multiple private Facebook groups. And these Facebook groups were called like Alpha, Bravo, Echo, etc. Uh, sure, yeah. As if they were like companies in the military division. Mm-hmm. On these private Facebook groups, QAnon believers, would, they would pick a target that they wanted to harass on Twitter, and they would pick a time, and they would just post at that particular person just over and over again, very rapidly in, at the designated time. Right. So It's called a DDoS attack, essentially. Yeah. I mean, yeah but it's, but it's, a, a DDoS <laughs> attack actually gets results. It might actually knock a website yeah. off of the... This does nothing. Right. So <laughs> well, it's, what, it's what the boomers can do. Mm-hmm. Post towards him. So. Use your gun. Use your meme gun. <laughs> So I want to play an audio of an interview with uh, Nick Reeder, the co-founder of Operation Mayflower. That, by the way, that, that name is beautifully ironic. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, here's what he says, how he got the, uh, the inspiration to start the campaign from uh, a few Q drops. I don't know exactly. I'm going to paraphrase a little bit here. But he basically said, get organized. You are, you are, they want you divided. Uh, you need to come together. And then another post that he made was about dropping memes. And I, I read it and I was like, you know what would be awesome? And I, and I took it as like a battle cry and I was like, we need to get a group of people together. We need to um, just post on Twitter in mass form. Hell yeah. On, yeah. One, on one day and then just kind of just go from there. It's how it started. And I, and I sent a message to Kai Irvin. I was like, dude, I was like, I got an idea. I was like, check out this Q drop. You know, I'm pretty sure this is kind of what he wants. He wants us to do something like this. This is what Q wants from us. And, and, do just, it. and then, and then later on, I was like, with, with Kai, I was like, Hey, we need to, I got, I know another guy, Mike Kiesel. I said, this sounds like boxing he, everybody. Holy shit. He, but it, I know he'll do this. It sounds like they're organizing and a fentanyl morphed deal. into yeah. something that I never thought would get as big as it did. Oh, Kai it took it big. and just took the idea and just ran with it and turned and turned it into what it was. It was his idea. Mm-hmm. Like, it was my idea originally. And then it okay. started out with we were going to get, you know, 
20, 30, 40 people or whatever mm-hmm. to post on Twitter on a Saturday. Next thing I know, <laughs> we got, you know, in a matter of three days, there was about a thousand people oh my God, a thousand. involved in posting on, on Twitter. And what we would do is we would have certain hashtags and memes and everybody would post on one person's tweet oh my God. on the same exact time. He's being and it was all planned. It was all organized. Someone's like, hey, how so did you like, do that harassment? One of the days it was, say, was, it was Hillary Clinton. We, we would pick a tweet from Hillary Clinton, and then everybody would post pretty much whatever meme they wanted with these certain hashtags, and we would all do it at the same time. Oh. And it got to the point where we started out, like our first day, it was like 1,500 tweets we sent out. And by the fourth or fifth day, we did 50,000 tweets in an hour. What? That's actually yeah. pretty impressive. But, yeah. but I, he's making those metrics up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Jake is like, oh, interesting numbers. Yeah, yeah. interesting <laughs> no. numbers. Looks like there's a real movement yeah. here. But someone is fucking interviewing this guy about this. Like, like the, all they've done is post a shit ton of pictures. Someone's like, how did you do it? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> like, well, it's not, you don't need popular how mechanics you, to break this able, down. How are you able to fill Hillary Clinton's timeline yeah. with um, Uranium Pepe. One memes? Yeah, what, yeah. Is, is, is really weird how, like, how, like, proud they are about, like, posting on Twitter, something that takes zero effort. And, a, yeah. did, did Hillary Clinton kill herself? Yeah, exactly. Did, did, where, did her where, Twitter Hillary go Clinton, down? Yeah. What well, happened? What was the end result? It was like, well, we posted a lot of memes and... You know, the end result was the volume fifty yeah, right. thousand in one hour. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. But like that—that's what yeah. happens at the yeah. end of it. It's that's, just like that's the end they can it. only measure it as a volume because there is no fucking effect. Yeah. So, so basically, what they do is they say, okay, from three p.m. to four p.m. Eastern time, everybody tweets memes at Adam Schiff at the same time or whoever. Yeah. And they just Adam shit. Yeah, right. That's what I call him. And then Adam Schiff's mentions would just be filled with QAnon memes. And that's, that's the, <laughs> I'm sure oh, like one person yeah. got red pill yeah. because of it, though. Possibly. So, oh, yeah. One person for 50,000 people posting messages. This is a very good turnover, right? Mm-hmm. So I think are, the Church of Scientology has better recruitment <laughs> on a single sidewalk. <laughs> so here are the instructions from uh, an Operation Mayflower Facebook page. Operation Mayflower Procedures 1. Make sure you're on a team and in their group chat. (laughs) Number two, click on the target tweet link provided. This will be close to time for operation. This will be given by team leaders and posts on the board. Number three, paste in given hashtags to accompany meme. This will also be provided by team leaders in a post on the board. Number four, add selected meme picture. Screenshot or change file name with every meme prior to using it on Twitter. Help stop the censoring. Number five, press tweet. Number six, Rinse and repeat until time expires. Run out of memes or banhammered by Twitter. Smiley face emoji. Number seven. Go back and like and retweet fellow members' posts. This is very important to do so. They got really worked up about these harassment campaigns. So uh, here is one Facebook post from May 5th, 2018 from a QAnon believer named Ian who participated in an Operation Mayflower campaign. We are no longer on the sidelines but are now taking action. Just blasted our target with 21,600 memes of truth in one hour. And 
He is a big target. This is huge. If you want to get involved with this movement, please let me know and I can provide more info. Hashtag OpMayflower2018. Hashtag WWG1WGA. Hashtag Alpha. That entire list that you read earlier reads like someone trying to leave a little note for their grandmother yeah. so that when they leave, they still know how to do the thing they, they showed them on the computer. How they post on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> post on Twitter. Which is li literally just posting an image on Twitter with a hashtag. Yeah. But they get, get so worked up about it. Be like, yeah. this Ian guy's like, man, we reposted the fucking shit out of our memes. Yeah. We, we blasted them. We blasted yeah. truth right at them. Yeah, we blasted. Yeah. We fucking, we, we said, put your hands up. And we had our meme guns out. <laughs> yeah, we fucking had a double, we had a double drum bear fucking clip and we fucking rat-a-tat-tat and sprayed, so he says, sprayed those papes. He says to me, he says to me, uh, who are you? No, literally, you're an egg on Twitter. Who are you? I don't know. <laughs> and I says to him, okay, how about some adrenochrome? <laughs> the thing is, is that these harassment campaigns were genuinely pretty big. Uh, like, there's a data scientist that goes by the name Conspirador Norteño who tracks suspicious <laughs> Twitter activity. Uh, and he captured data about one Operation Mayflower campaign that took place on uh, May 11th, 2018, against uh, then-Senator John McCain. And in a tweet explaining the data, uh, he said this. Looking at replies to McCain containing hashtag OpMayflower2018 results in 4,808 tweets, including retweets from 397 accounts, 983 original tweets from 47 accounts, the activity started at 6.30 p.m. Central on 5.11. Volume is high for a little over an hour. So thousands of tweets and retweets over the course of an hour. So I guess that's, you know, pretty obnoxious successfully. I like that they were like, stop at the end of the hour. But then there's like, it's that soldier who just keeps shooting the dead body. <laughs> <laughs> and they have to pull him off like, come on, man. It's um, over, man. It's like, over. Uh, like Rabbit and um, Platoon or, or whatever. Yeah. Or like every fucking war movie yeah. ever made. But what exactly does spamming someone's Twitter account actually accomplish? Well, of course, in the real world, it doesn't accomplish anything but be temporarily annoying. In fact, Twitter often squash these campaigns by uh, banning the accounts or putting some sort of throttle on them, like making them sort of prove that they're a human because they broke Twitter's rules about targeted harassment and spam. The whole digital soldier thing and just like, you know, blasting people with memes is just the way some people in the QAnon world just find some sense of purpose, you know? You know, they imagine they, that they're recruited, especially by the U.S. military, to help with the most extraordinary event in U.S. history. And, of course, they're working to serve the commander-in-chief of the armed forces, Donald Trump, who they just goddamn love. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it doesn't accomplish anything real. But it, but the spammy tweets are psychologically satisfying because they make them feel like they're working arm-in-arm -arm with fellow patriots. And they're also on the inside of a conspiracy, you know? They plot out who they want to harass privately on Facebook. And when the time comes, they irritate some liberal on Twitter. And absent real victories, people in the QAnon community are happy with annoying the people they don't like. And that's what digital soldiering is all about. Yeah, I love. I mean, it's incredible because I was part of, you know, Bernie's version of Operation Mayflower. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we yeah we would meet in a basement with Bernie and he would tell us what fucking uh, <laughs> racist and misogynistic memes to post at the Hillary uh, people. Perfect. You know, and uh, then we would set out, man, and just really fucking just get them. Yeah. <laughs> Go get them, baby. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like they, they really like you know, the idea. It's like that. Uh, first of all, I was like, if you like being a soldier so much, why don't you just fucking enlist, you know? You know? Yeah, you uh, could do that. Yeah, you, you could, could do that. fight I oppression. think the majority of the QAnon followers wouldn't pass the medical. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that, that might be the case. Yeah, that's true. I think it really helps them feel like they're on the inside of the conspiracy. Like uh, they're very annoying to someone on Twitter for a period of an hour, and that person doesn't know what's happening. <laughs> Why is this happening to me? This is very strange. And they are oh, 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 oh. Yeah, oh, yeah, they're pissed online. Yeah. They're confused for a moment. Yes, and so I've made like, someone I don't like confused and irritated temporarily. Yeah. God, got them, got them so good. Yeah, <laughs> and of course, Twitter has put in place a notification turn off system for of course, conversations. Yeah. Like, so oh, you could just literally like probably like the mute, first five minutes, mute. then it's like ah, mute, yeah, yeah, mute. mute. And it's yeah. just over in a second. R.I.P. My menchies. They, yeah, it's again. It's, it feels like the uh, the real prime goal of QAnon is to just make people they don't like suffer. You know. Yeah, yeah. So even though it's, it sounds like a massive waste of time, but if it makes someone they don't like irritated temporarily, that's a win. That's a yeah, victory. That's, yeah. That's as much as you're gonna get in yeah. today's world. Yep. That's and that's good enough. Yeah. yeah. That's gonna. That that is that is the revolution. Um. <laughs> I have a little treat for everybody. Uh, I dug, dug very, very deep and uh, was able to actually uncover a letter written by a digital soldier during the first great meme war. (laughs) Um, And I have that for you here uh, that I will perform in a reading. Lieutenant's Log, August 4th, 2018. Dearest Anne, It's raining outside. Left early this morning to go to 7-Eleven, and boy, was it pouring. Thank God I was lucky enough to be stationed indoors. I miss you, Anne. The other guys here make fun that you are just going to force me to raise another man's child. (laughs) But I know it's just jokes. Everyone is always trying to lighten the mood. I guess it's necessary when you're up against a satanic cult. (laughs) The president is planning a major rally in Tampa. We were assigned to head into Twitter to remind our enemy that John Podesta collects cum-laced handkerchiefs. <laughs> we thought it would be a pretty easy patrol. 7th Regiment had been assigned to the Chans, and with Bravo Company patrolling Reddit, drawing thousands of downvotes, all that was left to do was fire some light meme artillery at the blue checks until they blocked us, or better yet, deleted their accounts. The enemy station on the timeline aren't really too big of a threat. They mostly tow the company line and just echo whatever their general, Judd Apatow, tells them to do. (laughs) Their division is big, over two million followers. Their memes are well produced but lack the raw, irrefutable evidence we've got on our side. Captain always says, their memes represent a fantasy, while ours are reality, and I believe that to be true. Most of the fighting was pretty light. We bombarded them with rare pepes until dusk, when they finally when they finally gave up and resorted to calling us Nazis and white supremacists. A couple of infantry were accused of being bots and were blocked, but it was worth it. One of the liberals sent a message via direct courier asking our commander if it was true that Paul Manafort's crimes had really been committed while working for the Podesta group. That's all it usually takes, you know, for the red pill to slip in. (laughs) To be honest, Anne, sometimes I feel sorry for them. Lied to by their media and brainwashed by their universities, It's no wonder they gasp breathlessly at a Russian conspiracy fabricated by their leaders and spread via socialist propaganda. Anyways, sorry for blathering on like some sort of romantic poet. I've reached out to mother and father about coming home for Christmas this year, but neither of them have returned my (laughs) (laughs) card. 
Maybe you'll be able to talk some sense into them. It sure is lonely without you all. But alas, I push forward. If the loss of friends and family is the price I must pay for defending this great country of ours, a country where a man with a decent internet connection could become a king, then so be it. <laughs> I hope you are well. I hear the weather in Colorado is beautiful this time of year. Love to you always. Your brother, Freddy. <laughs> Is uh is it Anne with uh, no E? It's Anne with no E. Woo! That's fantastic, man. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing that I was able to find that. Yeah, um, beautiful. Where did you? Is it a bl on a blurry JPEG somewhere? Yeah, it was. It was a, actually like a couple, uh, <laughs> a, a couple like stitched together blurry JPEGs. Can we talk? It's sort of, it's sort of amount to one story. Can we talk a bit about um how uh, John Podesta has uh, allegedly a. Uh, a what is it? A cum it is handkerchief? a it is a handkerchief. Cum laced a handkerchief. cum laced handkerchief collection. So there's it, like he has a little glass cabinet, right. and he has a variety of different ones with uh, I'm assuming different loads. Right. There's there's and an email somewhere from the hacked Podesta files where somebody emails John and asks him uh, if he still that somebody found a handkerchief with a map on it. The map is the map is a jizz stain. It's it's code. It's code for some sort of so they think he semen keeps soaked rag. Okay. And he's like asking for it back. Yeah. <laughs> they're, you know, they're asking if he wants it back. That's what I'm saying. Whenever I go to like my, my, you know, pedophilic fuck fests or whatever, like I always, I want to make sure that if I leave a cum soaked rag there, <laughs> that someone just give me a call, you know, right. and tell me that what I've lost so yeah. I can consider whether I want it back or not. Yeah. Okay. You, you put up an ad, lost and found, cum soaked rag. Oh, that's right. It has a map on it. Damn it. I knew I shouldn't have used it to wipe up all that cum. <laughs> we are here with Crank T. Nelson, writer for Vice and copyright infringing Twitter brain. Welcome to the podcast, Crank. How are you doing, guys? Excellent. Real good. Not too bad at all. You recently wrote an article for Vice exploring the sad side of the QAnon phenomenon. Mm -hmm. People who have lost friendship and family relationships over their beliefs. So essentially what it was was like, you know, a, a thousand word breakdown of, of, you know, these short kind of interactions I'd had in these groups, which was, no, really, I, it sounds like, you know, oh, you know, I went undercover, like I fucking joined this thing under a, a Facebook name, Carl T. Nelson. <laughs> and, and I just, it, you know, checked the Facebook page a couple times. It was involved no like super sleuthing. You know, you had to join these groups and they'd ask like three questions and they're like, you know, what is WW1WGA go or something like that? Like, like Google. Like it's, yeah. it's very easy to, you know, get past that. To infiltrate their ranks. Questions. It's been an interesting thing. And, you know, I think, especially in the early times, like when I first got on the group, I was like, I can't believe this is happening. Like, I can't believe, but part of, I think, the, the fact that it was, you know, for people who haven't seen it yet, I was in these closed Facebook groups and some of them are larger. And so there's more like interlopers and people with, you know, bad faith and stuff like that. there, like myself. Um, but the one that I had found was, I think, pretty much exclusively true believers, somewhere around like 1,500 to 2,000 real true believers and no one else. So everything is met with, you know, complete immediate like trusting that everybody else there is on the same page as you. Right. Um, I do think it was funny after the posts that I had made went viral. I went back to the page and someone had posted on the page like, Crang T. Nelson, we saw the posts that you stole from this group and we're on to you. And they, they started trying to figure out who in the group was Crang T. Nelson. 
And I posted in response to that from the name Carl T. Nelson. <laughs> yeah, let's get him. Let's find this guy. And no one put those dots together. I don't. Oh man, it's I mean, very strange. If that's not a microcosm of QAnon, right. I don't know what is. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah. These are the crack researchers I, who are going to take down the deep state. Yeah, I said this to, to my friend Zandy the other day, but it seems like the only thing that's really met with skepticism within these groups is skepticism. Yeah. So like right. anything like and, you know, and they're so understanding, like sometimes people will go a little bit too far in, in a direction that makes so little sense, even within the, the, the perspective of these people that, uh, you know, they'll, they'll kind of try and pump the brakes. But it's always in this way where they're trying to be encouraging. They're like, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're asking the right questions and you're doing this, but I don't think so. But like maybe and, you know, like no yeah. one will ever outright deny anything. Yes. You know, and, and it is this kind of. I think Zandy said it felt like a, uh, what was it? She said it felt like a um, improv kind of exercise mm-hmm. where everybody just goes, yes, and Hillary's eating them. Yes, and she also <laughs> right. has a secret compound. <laughs> yes, and like it's this thing to just kind of keep adding. To Can it. we get any suggestions? Oh, JFK Jr. is is not dead? Okay, let's go with that. Um, an interesting one recently has been the, uh, the formal execution of Ruth Bader Ginsburg at the hands of yeah. uh, patriots. I right, don't know. Right. I don't know who within the government they think is doing this, but they, many of them have come to the to the conclusion that she was executed yeah. by Trump and, and the true patriots that, that you know, the, sure. not the deep state, the the shallow state, I guess, and that in some sort of weird olive branch to the deep state are allowing them to say she died of pneumonia in a month from now. Right. Um, and then there's some people who think that she's in Guantanamo awaiting execution, yes. um, <laughs> which is also, you know, who knows? Very difficult to prove a negative. I think the, the earliest realization for me was I was a little bit surprised early on to see that how motivated they were against George H.W. Bush. John McCain they hated. And, and first of yeah. all, they think that QAnon killed both of those people. Right. Yeah. That both of those. Neither of that. Those two million year old men were battling like giant eyeball tumors for the last 15 years died at the hands of some sort of electric chair you know thrust down by you know the president himself john mccain i get because he voted against repealing obamacare he's you know spoken out against trump and things like that obviously fuck john mccain but you know i can see where that narrative comes from in their mind he's portrayed in the in the media as someone who's been in government for 40 years 45 years and he's against Trump. That makes sense to them. George H.W. Bush was a little bit more surprising to me. And then I think as I started to understand the QAnon movement more kind of in a more crystallized sense, I understood that a lot of it has to do with frustration with the powers that be and yeah. that keeping you from doing things. And so really anyone who had been in a position of power up until they joined QAnon was you know, suspect. And that was why I think they, they liked Trump so much. And he came in and he, he, you know, from their perspective, had no you know, allegiances or ties to any of these people. And he doesn't particularly seem like the type of guy who can be easily cowed by, you know, pressure from anyone. He yeah. probably responds very badly to that. You say in your article that you think the movement has done more harm to its followers than it has to any of the deep state enemies uh, that it kind of claims to take aim at. C- can you expand on this? Yeah, I mean, well, if you talk about who are, you know, its main targets, which are, you know, top of the list with bullet Hillary Clinton, followed by, you know, I would say Obama, Eric Holder, you know, Rice, you know, going down the list of the, the George Obama Soros. Cabinet. George Soros is obviously a, a, a regular character in these casts. 
And then, you know, you kind of just tick your way down, you know, obviously McCain, George H.W. Bush, George W. Bush, Clinton, pretty much anybody, you, you, you get the idea. These like kind of powers that be. And they're all millionaires doing great, you know, fucking naked windsurfing with Richard Branson on like the backs of, you know, prison laborers or something like that. They're having a great time. None of their lives have been meaningfully impacted in any way. Really, I think the only people's lives who they've really managed to fuck up is if you fold them in with the Pizzagate people who, you know, I think we'll all agree are kind of the progenitors of the whole thing. They shot up that Pizzagate place. And, and that, again, put that guy in jail for 10 years and P- and Comet Ping Pong's still open. I do remember, actually, as a side, I thought one of the funniest things, and this is very telling about the movement because it's about moving the goalposts so you don't have to re- reassess your opinions was when that guy went to self-investigate Comet Ping Pong because he believed in Pizzagate and QAnon so much that he went up there, he like left his wife and kids in South Carolina or North Carolina, drove up to DC and started firing off a semi-automatic rifle in a pizza in a kid's pizza parlor, uh, which does not have a basement. I should also mention I grew up near Comet Ping Pong and went there a lot, but not like that. Sure. Uh, <laughs> not, not like, like that. Thinking. I was a voluntary pizza enjoyer. Um, but uh, so, like, you know, he goes there and shoots up. His life's over. And then everybody else in the movement immediately says he's a deep state plant. He's a crisis actor and abandons him. Yeah. Wow. And like, Damn. that's very kind of emblematic of it for me. But in terms of the, the that's also kind of a good example of what happens is these people are, are giving up everything. You know, you read these things. They've lost their family. Just in the screenshots that you guys mentioned you want to go over from the article, you know, their instances of you know, almost exclusively going through hundreds of posts about Thanksgiving and Christmas. You get a lot of elderly people saying that I have been uninvited from my family's Thanksgiving dinner, or my family's Christmas celebrations. My husband or wife left me. My children no longer respond to my phone calls. I've lost all of my friends. And there is also a overwhelming sense of hope and, and excitement, really, that they'll that they will soon one day when the storm hits, be able to, you know, email all these people or Facebook all these people and say, I told you so. And they're very mm-hmm. excited about that. They talk about that all the time. They can't wait to show everybody they were right. Yeah, you're all yeah, gonna get, you're all gonna regret it when you come to my funeral. Right. Well it's the only no, well, thing. there was one guy who said he was like, My I haven't spoken to any of my kids in years. Uh, I'll probably be dead for six months before they even know being a you know a p- proud patriot is hard oh sometimes. God. And you're like so you're all doing this. This is like possibly one of the most elaborate and and you know full cell phones that is possible. And, yeah. and, and if QAnon is someone who is, you know, just fucking with these people, which I am almost certain that that this person or persons is, uh, it, it, it's it, I can't think of anything that would be even more you know devastating as a prank. I think it would be so devastating that I think these people's brains probably wouldn't be able to process it if it was put in front of them yeah. because it would have meant so much to them. And so unless you believe, which I personally don't, that the QAnon Internet Army had a serious hand in the death of 118-year-old George H.W. Bush, I can't really figure out what they've accomplished. Yeah, And, you know— Again, they, they'll move the goalposts, but eventually, and, and, you know, I keep saying this and now I think maybe not, <laughs> I keep saying eventually <laughs> that it's got to get, it's got to Something's got to get. But the, yeah, the movement continues to grow. And to the point I was talking about this with Ben Collins from NBC, that there's a, a movement amongst QAnon people who believe that the government has mastered time travel. 
the army and the CIA yeah. and the NSA have mastered time travel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's why when Q says this is going to happen on like January 1st, 2018 or something like that, because he's been doing this for a year and a half now and nothing's happened. What that actually means is that it's going to happen in eight months, but the time paradigm has shifted. Mm-hmm. And well, that's like, interesting. If, you're, if, you're, if you can, if you can Q and on your way out of that corner, yeah. there's really nothing you can that's it's true. Point. Yeah, you can deform time. Next up, deforming space. Actually, that's probably already happened with uh, pretending some people who are dead uh, are actually still alive. So, but it's funny, like the the, the gullibility in one way. And see, again, it's about like the only thing that's met with skepticism is, is skepticism. So, like for me to, without any proof, say that the reason that none of these things have happened is because time travel. Yeah. Time travel. Yeah. Exists, and that is met with zero pushback yeah well, <laughs> and, like, and everybody's like well yeah of course and then you yeah. say maybe hillary clinton isn't eating or fucking and eating seven-year-olds which as i mentioned i don't even understand the mechanics at play there i don't yeah. understand how hillary clinton would fuck a seven-year-old it doesn't make any sense yeah. but or why she would want to but then that she like some sort of female praying mantis eats it afterwards yeah, yeah that's absolutely. The, the fact that she doesn't do that the idea that this elderly woman doesn't do that is vastly less believable to these people yeah. than the fact that the nsa is using time travel to subvert yeah. you know executions of government they so, live in a very exciting world it's got to be a wild ride to be on there in their brains so, i have to imagine I wanted to read through uh, a couple of these posts. Um, oh, yeah. And Jake, do. if you don't mind. Do um, voices if you want. Yeah, I, Jake, I, I, I would I like that. I, I want to re-request that, that voice that you read on the QSM episode. Let's this get some Pixar sounding voices. Oh, okay. <clears throat> yeah. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. My children have chosen to not include me in festivities this year because their minds are not open to the truth. But I am <laughs> thankful for President Trump. <laughs> And the where we go one, we go all family, double exclamation point. <laughs> if anyone else is spending today by themselves, Miss Feld, I would be happy to exchange photos of our meals. <laughs> now the, oh, Jesus Christ. And now the, the comments. My older boy has been 20 miles away for five years. Haven't seen him and I'm not chasing. Happy Thanksgiving. And then to and then and then it's reacted with one with one one thumb one thumbs up and one crying emoji. <laughs> oh, and then the next one is is a beautiful photo of what looks like a very much uh, just uh, store-bought bologna on some white bread, and on the other piece of white bread, I guess he's going to close this to become a sandwich, but it has just a pile of Doritos. Uh, and the comment. So I actually need to stop you here because this is the thing. So before before you go on with this, I've I've done some research about this sandwich in question. Okay. And well, not so much research, but I've I've been informed uh, by people like uh, Connor Golden, who is a, the sort of type who would eat this sort of thing. But if you look closely at the photo, you'll realize that both of these pieces of Wonder Bread, one has the Doritos and one has the bologna, uh, are on a what appears to be a damp towel. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. I thought you were going to tell me it was some meme that pre-existed, but you're telling me no. This, this is, is a, a genuine that people do. This is a genuine thing. Why is it a, on a, a towel? A scumbag thing. Don't be wrong. Because when you smash the Doritos into the bologna, you don't want to get Doritos crumbs in your carpet uh, or in your bed. So your, wait, so you just have like a sandwich towel? That That's apparently how one eats a bologna Dorito sandwich is on a towel. <laughs> I've, this is apparently a thing. Wow. <laughs> oh, wait, wait. I, no, the towel is for the tears. But, what, but yeah, why? I thought I was being fucked with it and multiple people reached out to me to be like, 
hey, you know this is like a thing. I'm like, oh, fuck. Yeah, Why? it's just all your friends who've been to jail. Why a cloth towel? But you can get towel? to the caption because it makes it sadder. Yeah. But why, why, why not a paper towel, something disposable? Because then, then they're going to have to watch the Dorito crust. This seems like more work to me. Jake, just read the freaking comment. <clears throat> <laughs> Thanksgiving dinner. It was delicious. I just had seconds about 10 minutes ago. Smiley face emoji. <laughs> Fucking seconds. Yeah. Like a second, a second bologna Dorito sandwich yeah. on a, on your wet towel. <laughs> this is what people post in these groups when they when they think there's no one watching who's right, gonna yeah. make fun of them and like I, I, that's kind of what made the group beautiful. Is like this 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 you know loss of any sort of you know inhibitions to just share your meal. My favorite part is you know you're kind of celebrating. A pretty questionable thing, you know, the arrival of the pilgrims to uh, the native populations, which they then genocided pretty heavily. Come on. And and to celebrate this, you're eating like just the most basically food that isn't even food. Like, you know, it's like Thanksgiving is about the bounty of the soil, the corn, the potatoes, Mm -hmm. the beautiful things that we can grow in American soil. Although, yeah, I suppose the bologna tree. And the fucking Dorito plant are, you know, the new, they are the new plants of this world. Yeah, these it's like the equivalent of those, like, uh, gummies that are, like, shaped like hamburgers. <laughs> they, they, they don't oh, taste God. like... They don't fuck. taste like dog shit. Yeah, they, they, they don't taste like a cheese... Like, it, make it a cheeseburger gummy if that's the deal. Like, don't don't give me a fucking, like, strawberry thing that's shaped like a hot dog. Like, I, <laughs> All right, next comment. Well, you're not alone. None of my family or my three kids talk to me anymore. <laughs> I will not beg them to call. Hell, I'll be dead for months before they even know. <laughs> Being a conservative is lonely sometimes. Right, yeah. And then Yeah, it's it's rough. <laughs> like what how is it being a conservative to believe this shit? But, but conservatives like by, by just just let's go back to the original word. It meant like you didn't want change. And and so but now you're in this world where you think people are pedophilic like cannibals so wh- how does that but fit here's, together here's yeah, what yeah you're right i don't think these people have a very coherent worldview in terms of the political <laughs> spectrum politics are unsophisticated but, but I, these... I think at the end of the day i think they, they skimped their advanced policy classes these <laughs> these next two comments totally illustrate uh why they continue to do this and also uh why uh donald trump is jesus this uh, might be the most depressing they well, one guy writes to all of you so sorry but think what Trump goes through every day, including holidays. <laughs> and then and then the person below him writes, this is true. His burden is much greater than mine. I mean, it's like he's Jesus. It's yeah. like it's like we sacrifice our family and friends to follow Jesus um, as he attempts to build a wall. <laughs> I'm not going to complain if, if Donald Trump ends up crucified on a cross, but I, I just think that this might be yeah the wrong analogy. A lot of these people are looking for something to believe in and to a certain degree, you know, they're older and for the most part, none of them, I mean, obviously none of them are, you know, particularly doing anything that feels, I think, important or influential in their lives. You know, they mostly live in places where, you know, things are, you know, not going great economically. You know, it seems like, you know, cities and places that are crumbling, losing economies, losing, you know, jobs, losing, you know, kind of relevance to the world. And, and I think in a lot of senses, one of the things I've talked about with people in the past is that while we are, you know, obviously waging somewhat of a political war in America right now, the culture war is over. They lost. These people fucking lost. 
and ever going to go back in times like and 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 I guess you would say like the left or the progressive vision of the culture war for the most part has has really succeeded in a way that can't be undone. And I think that's why you see all these conservatives, even when they held every branch of government, acting like they were like these social outcasts and they were being, you know, mm-hmm. put upon and things like that. Right. It's because in that sense, they really are, you know, mm-hmm. you, and, and, you know, ha, good. But like, <laughs> you know, like I, I'm just trying to see things from their perspective, at least even if I think it's a dumb one. Um, right. And so I think a lot of these people are very frustrated. And they go on, on, you know, the Internet every day and they're confused by the things they read. And they read all this crazy, you know, right wing things that make gateway pundits seem very mild. And, you know, they get angry and they don't feel they have any power. And then all of a sudden this movement comes along or whatever you want to call it, that promises them that you can be an important part of this digital army that's going to not only do something important, possibly the most important thing, which is, you know, disassemble and 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 and, you know, destroy this global cabal of evil child fucking child eaters like i can't think of anything if that were to be the case if that was the case we were ruled by this like evil cabal of child eating fuckers that that would be by all means i'd say this is the most important thing you can do with your life stop that from happening is post memes (laughs) is post memes and and you know i mean it was funny it is somewhat of like a I remember in like 2016, 2015, like the alt-right and just the right-wing online and the red pill community did talk about how they were going to meme war. And whether that had any sort of value or anything is stupid. I doubt it. I think, you know, in reality, the internet is for the most part a very siloed thing. You know, people talk about Twitter not being real life. Look at like the Bernie versus Hillary shit. And it's like very small percentage of actual voters, people who actually, you know, move things in, in society. Right. But I think it helps, you know, it, it and it helps understand where QAnon came from, though, because QAnon started on was it 4chan, 8chan? Yeah, 4chan. Which, of course, is also like big fucking red flag that this isn't a high-ranking member of the U.S. government. But you know, right. again, I think these elderly people don't really have any context for that. Yeah, to them, 4chan is just like a dark corner of the internet yeah. that they didn't know about until now, and of course. That, well, they didn't know about it, and it's this dark thing, so of course it's possible that, you know, high-level military oh, yeah, no, intel they, agencies lurk there. They think they're on the, the fucking way Matrix. And posting is it looks very, yeah, it looks very yes. kind of like 1980s war games. Yeah, very, like, very yeah. much so. Old serif code and stuff like that. It's like... It's like jumping it's, Jack it's Flash or some shit. Like, it's basically the, the computer is talking to these people. That's yes. how they feel. Like, <laughs> I am being called upon by a mysterious force who's going to show me the real nature of the world. Right. It is. It's straight up the fucking Matrix. Yeah, it's the beginning of the Matrix when Neo's asleep. And they even, yeah, yeah. They like the red pill analogy, too, so. Yeah, they lo- I mean, they love that shit. And, and, and the fact that blue and red also correspond to the two parties is, like, even better. I would love to see the Matrix uh, recast with, like, a 65-year-old boomer from Virginia. Uh, that movie is coming out, and um, guaranteed Clint Eastwood is directing and possibly acting in it. We have to wait 30 yeah. years, but Jake will be that boomer. I will be that guy, yes. I think it's also, there's probably, and you know, this would be something that you would have to, this is my conjecture, probably not anything that's based on trackable data or anything, but that there's probably a significant number of people in the QAnon movement, which, you know, most, I think Ben, who's studied this for NBC News, pegged it at about 2 million people online, uh, like globally. Uh, of that, there has to be a pretty, you know, large percentage of them has to be 
you know, former Tea Party, Teacot people from, you know, Teacot Internet, like Twitter, like the true conservatives on Twitter back in the day. Right. And it was under Obama. I forget who was it. Was it? I'll remember this later. But someone wrote a really great article about uh, the Teacot guys and, you know, how they will never, ever overthrow the government. And they're always talking about overthrowing the government because Obama is going to come take the guns or he's going to you know, implement martial law or Jade Helm or whatever the fuck they were mad about at the time. And they were always talking about like, they're like, when he goes too far, we will rise up. The military will be on our side. The police will be on our side. We'll rise up. And the reality is these are all like fat 58 year old boomers who have a weekly table at TGI Fridays and have real team building issues. And (laughs) they're just not, and they all think that there's the thing. They all thought they were going to be the leader. Every single guy thought that he was going to be the Mel Gibson and the Patriot of exactly. this of this story, and it, it would never, you know. First of all, for anybody to overthrow the government, like you talk about these people who are like the nomadic tribes that are you know constantly waging wars, talk about like YPG and yeah. Kurds and stuff like that. They have nothing. They have yeah. nothing, and that and their children have nothing, and that is why they are able. Because when you go to war against the government, you lose everything. They will kill you. They will kill your family. They'll kill your fucking dog blow up your house they'll chase you from one end of the earth to the other and the idea that this group of fat fucking boomers would all think that they're gonna go and just like overthrow the u.s government which has drones (laughs) is so insanely laughable but they all truly believed it and i think that there is seeds of of qanon within that mentality which is that the idea that if we can all get together our collective power of, of online or whatever it is, is enough to overthrow. Even if you believe that that's happening, that this would be like that, that there's this global cabal. The only thing that is required is 200, you know, brain wormed elderly people on Facebook <laughs> sharing memes of Hillary Clinton with bug eyes. <laughs> you know, I, I don't, I don't know what else to, to, to tell these people, but I think that it, you know, it, it's trackable. Do you have a particular favorite, uh, QAnon belief? I mean, right now we touched on it. I think my favorite one right now is is either the Ruth Bader Ginsburg thing or the other question that we had we had mentioned, which was the uh, the Santa thing. You know, QAnon people are really excited because they think of JFK Jr. as this kind of you know stalking horse of the revolution that he's gonna he's gonna you know be the the, the kind of Paul Revere of the whole thing. You know, he's gonna come riding through, and that will be the thing that sets you know all of these you know, mass arrests that have been postponed indefinitely into motion. And so what I noticed was in the the Trump rallies uh, prior to the midterm elections uh, this last November, uh, Trump started bringing out a Mr. and Mrs. Claus and playing Christmas music and pumping fake snow into his rallies, Yeah, uh, which, you know, the people were eating up. And of course, you know, who shows up but Mr. and Mrs. Claus and Mr. and Mrs. Claus have the beard and the face. And so you can't see who Mr. Claus is really. And Mrs. Claus has you know, got a lot of makeup on and big old, you know, spectacles and a, and a Mrs. Claus hat and things. And pretty much overnight, the QAnon group decided that these people were JFK Jr. and Caroline Kennedy. Mm-hmm. Um, and that for some reason they were doing this. Yeah. And I mean, even if like, even if you believe everything up until the point of the Santa that JFK Jr. is waiting, lying in wait to, to come back and, and arrest Hillary Clinton and behead her in Guantanamo and all these other things. And yeah. Then, you know, go on a best friends trip with Trump. 
the idea that he would also go be Santa at a Trump rally. Yeah. I don't really know how that plays into the plan. I don't understand what benefit that would have other than just exposing him. Like, what if Hillary saw it was like, hey, motherfucker. He, he's like, he's like, can't, can't I just sit in like a little room to the side with like a one-way mirror or something? And they're like, no, no. put on the Santa suit, bitch. <laughs> well, that, I mean, that... I mean it, it's so absurd because it not only does it like, it, it's almost more ridiculous than believing that that was the real Santa. <laughs> yeah, right. It's right. hard to, and just like, you know, I mean, and I think it buys into like, they just want to get excited. Yeah. You know? And they, and, they, and they get excited and people show them things and, and, you know, it'll be like a little bit of like, you know, I get it. They'll be like, he's roughly the same height as JFK Jr. And you're like, oh man, well, there's only like eight people who are 5'11". So. <laughs> <laughs> you know, who could yeah. also fit into a Santa suit. Who else could be it? And well, like, you know, I, I just, you know, it, it's, I think it's by far the most curious one to me because I can't understand the point of it. I understand the point of all their other lies and, and conspiracies that they buy into. I can't imagine why anyone would want to believe that that was the case. Well, th- this also speaks to one aspect of QAnon that I don't think we we actually bring up a lot, which is that there is an element of of braggadocio to Trump that he is so he has the enemies in so many traps and and so ensnared that he can mm-hmm. parade you know he can parade the very evidence that's gonna you know lock these people up for life right in. front front of everybody and nobody notices that's a big part of I oh think... they think he's dropping hints all the time right they think yeah. like when he releases a statement on twitter or something like that and he misspells a word they'll be like i forget which one it was but it was like hamburger oh yeah the hamburger mm-hmm. thing which i fucking hate i hate that shit i hate kofefe fuck i it's not funny no <laughs> like, we, we agree <laughs> this is such a hillary mom joke like and whenever he does that there's just this slew of like just people who think that they're the funniest thing in the world for stringing Kofefe back or together with like another thing he misspelled. Guess you had your Kofefe. The, the QAnon people looked up like birder means like, you know, jail in some other country or something. And ham is like a secret code word for Hillary or something like that. Yeah. And they think that he's like winking at them and not just that his brain is melting out of his left ear hole. <laughs> and like, you know, he's a 75 year old, you know, fucking moron. But they they love thinking that they're like they're getting little winks. I also like the idea that you know one they think that they're the only ones that get this. So like Hillary would never notice that that's JFK Jr. and send in an airstrike. Right. Like you know because the all powerful Hillary who has the ability to do anything can't see into their Facebook group. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, like, <laughs> She's not allowed in. They were so upset when they learned that Crane T. Nelson had taken screenshots. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. But thank God we've got this uh, Charles T. Nelson to help us get him. Carl, baby, with a K. Didn't even make it that different. Wittgenstein used to say this thing where he said, even if a lion could speak, and I'm paraphrasing, but he said, even if a lion could speak perfect English, we wouldn't understand a word it said. Because it's context, it's, it's, it's point of view, where it comes from, and it's understanding of touch tones, like, it, it makes no sense to us. Right. They have no cultural relevance to us. It wouldn't be able to speak to us in any sort of terms that we understand. Because this world and the way its brain works is so different than ours. Oh, don't cry. Don't cry, Jake. Come on, man. It's uh, one day we'll <laughs> I'm figure. I'm sorry, it. guys. I just you know. <laughs> we just want you, you know, animals your, your are going to talk to you. You know what your dog's saying. <laughs> but uh, this was, you know, the idea of, of you know, kind of rationalizing various levels of, of cognitive intelligence and things like that and, and categorizing them. You know, I can try my best to try and figure out how they got from point A to point B to point C. 
But at the end of the day, the way that their cognition works and the way that their brain processes work is so foreign to me that I can really only guess. Yeah, right. You mentioned in your article, uh, quote, almost every single member of Q's following seems to have one glaring and unifying trait. They are deeply, heartbreakingly lonely. Can you expand on that a little bit? Just taking, for example, there were multiple, like, hundreds of response comments posts made around Thanksgiving and Christmas in all of these groups around, uh, you know, with the same kind of prompt of, like, who's alone tonight? Including on Christmas, the the group administrator, uh, who is a particular gem uh, of the main group that I'm a, a, a member of is uh, he posted, you know, I'm alone on Christmas. Who else is alone on Christmas? And I would say the, like the ratio of people who were like, I'm alone and here's a sad story about it. Like the ones you read to people who are like, you know, I'm with my kids, but we don't talk politics, but I'm sending love to you. is probably like 95 to five. Oh boy. The vast majority of them were like, I'm alone. And not only am I alone, I'm alone because of this. Or because of my beliefs. Yeah. And, you know, obviously I think, you know, one hand washes the other. I don't think any, like, one side of it, like, you know, they were an odd person, which led them to, you know, odd political beliefs. And and that led them to estrangement. But then the odd political beliefs led to estrangement, which led to them being an even odder person. And, like, you know, so it's all kind of wrapped up together. But it seems to be a lot of people who are reaching out for something to make their life feel important. Like I mentioned earlier, like, you know, it's a cause that will make them seem like, you know, the, the days they spend on the Internet are, are towards something, you know, meaningful. Yeah. Right. And, you know, to the point that, you know, that their, their brains are sort of looted. Like, I would say something meaningful would be talking to your three children but yeah. uh, or having them know when you die. But, uh, you know, th- this was kind of a, a regular thing. And I, I picked some ones that were funny. But there were other ones that I picked that I just ended up not even posting because yeah, I was like, I think this depressing. trails over the edge of funny, which like the overall concept is funny. But I think it it trails over the edge to not being funny anymore and actually being I mean, a lot of people still think it's funny. I shouldn't say that, uh, but I can find one. Hold on. Uh, I can pull up my my thread. Uh, yeah. But, um, you know, I mean, I think at the end of the day. It's 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 this poison that's happening to them. It's like watching someone get addicted to drugs. Like they, you know, they totally. take a little more heroin, feel bad, better, and they feel good for a minute. And they're chasing this dragon as they lose everything in their life. It's not anything that they do consciously, in the same way that someone who's slowly sliding into drug addiction would do as well. And I found that thing. So there's one from someone named Sandy with an I, and she goes, "I'm alone today too this Thanksgiving, but I don't have a meal to take a picture of." Frowny face. And then there's a bunch of people below saying, like, me neither, not nice. And, like, oh God, you're alone on Thanksgiving and you don't have any food. And, like, and like you, you, you see people, like, asking them and they're Jesus. like, oh, what, what do you mean? And they're like, oh, no, I had a sandwich earlier, but, like, I'm not going to I'm not going to pretend today is Thanksgiving. I'm not even going to acknowledge it's Thanksgiving. Because, right. you know, like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. And almost all of them, I mean, the funniest thing was almost all of them didn't say, like, oh, you know, I don't have the opportunity. They were like... You know, my I just I believe in QAnon too much. I won't back down on this. So fuck my kids. <laughs> like, yeah, and, and and that's you know just an extra you know gulp of heartbreak. 
Well, there's this there's this sense I was going to say earlier. There's this sense of martyrdom, you know, that like you know, being outcast by your family and and feeling alone. It 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 almost it energizes you because like, oh man, everybody's cast me out. I'm the last one left believing. You know, like there mm-hmm. there is this weird sort of. I think that they do it to themselves in a way, you know, I think a lot of these people could at the very least, you know, go to like Boston Market and get themselves like, you know, a, a fake a fake yeah. Thanksgiving plate. But they want to, they want to linger in that super depressed because it's really all they have left. They want to feel like there's a cost to chasing exactly. the truth. They want to feel, exactly, Julian, they want to feel like that they've paid the ultimate price and made the ultimate sacrifice for what they believe in because... I, I think really deep down at the very bottom, mm-hmm. late, late at night when they can't fall asleep, there is that voice of reason going like, man, what if it's all bullshit? And I think that they, in a lot of ways, and I think this is just a human thing that people will double down because it, it, that's easier than admitting, it's like that great, I think it was Mark Twain who said, it is easier to fool somebody than to convince somebody that they've been fooled. And I think that that really applies to QAnon sort of at large. The other thing too is, you know, Christianity has uh, an inherent value for martyrdom, for not allowing yourself the pleasures of life. And so I think it fits in with their kind of general idea of yeah. what Jesus would do or or how Christianity works. Uh, Definitely. Yeah, I think, you know, I listened to this podcast that was called like uh, I forget what it was called, but it was about Nexium, you know, the the sex cults with the uh, oh yeah, Alice of course, Mack from Small with, World uh, Keith Rainier and the, and the Keith Rainier, and it's like funded by the the Seagram's fortune, and uh, it's this the Bronfman families. So uh, I think it's not Hannah Bronfman, Claire Bronfman is is the one who's been indicted, but it follows one of like the senior leaders who was the one who kind of started like really like started the whole FBI thing and like got people to leave. And she was one of the women that got people got branded with Keith's initials on her vagina. And like, you know, she realized that she was in a cult and she left and, and that kind of catalyzed the whole very quick unraveling of the whole uh, thing. And, and I think, you know, very quickly resulted in Keith being arrested by the FBI. But one of the things that you get from her is when you talk to her about leaving this thing that she had spent nine years of her life, deeply believing and and you can still hear her she like still uses the words from the cult she still talks about things in the language of the cult and she's always breaking down because it's this thing like you know she she lost friends she lost family she's embarrassed she's hurt she's she knows she hurt other people by bringing them into the cult or, or trying to and and you know financially ruining them or something and and i think it's just this ultimate kind of internal break that once you allow yourself to know the truth it's almost more than a lot of people's brains can handle Yeah, the idea that you wasted all this time or that imagine realizing that you ruined your life over years. You lost your job. There are people who talk about losing their husbands of 30 years, like because of QAnon, they got divorced because of it for 30 years because a fucking guy on 4chan trolled you. That's devastating. That's devastating, and your brain might never be able to reconcile something that kind of yeah. uh, that that you know heartbreaking and that that you know, awful. Uh, so speaking speaking of awful things, 
You recently got suspended from Twitter. Uh, this was not the first time. In October of 2017... <laughs> Did I? I don't recall. In October of 2017, sir, you were suspended for tweeting, quote, can't wait for November 4th when millions of Antifa super soldiers will behead all white parents and small business owners in the town square. <laughs> It didn't well, end up happening. I was very upset by that. What happened? Uh, um, yeah, your Q. Yeah, your QAnon uh, storm. I'm QAnon there. Did, yeah. It didn't come. It didn't come through. Uh, what happened this time? This time, you know, honestly, I have no idea, and <laughs> I think that's what made it like a little more of a flash in the pan for me because, like, with that thing, like, you know, that was originally why Vice reached out to me to write was they wanted me to tell the story of what happened there when, when you know, InfoWars and Fox News and everybody came. I, it, was, it was on Fox and Friends. On <laughs> Fox and Friends. Like, how, does that, how is that fucking possible? This but, Ninja Turtles character is... Uh... <laughs> yeah, they did, they did not intro it like that, unfortunately. Uh, but, you know, at that point, it had gotten away from itself. And, and, you know, there's plenty of people who are a lot smarter than I have done very deep dives into like that kind of progression from weird conspiracy shit on the internet to actual establishment right-wing media. Like, you know, it moves from, you know, a, a blog to Infowars to, you know, Gateway Pundit to Daily Caller to eventually Fox News and then sometimes even over to CNN and MSNBC. And I think it, it made its way up that ladder. Um, what happened recently was very strange. I did not know what happened. I woke up Friday morning and did the thing, which I now know what, like, at, when it first happened, when I opened the app, I was like, I don't understand what's going on here. Um, because it said, like, zero followers, zero things, you can't reply. Now I open it up, and it's like, zero followers, zero following. I'm like, fuck, <laughs> I know what happened here. <laughs> and I, but the last time it happened, I got an email from Twitter saying, like, account thunder suspended if you think this is an error, you know, appeal and shit like that. And I did, and it worked. This time, I didn't get any email. About three hours later... I got an email from Twitter that said, hey, whoopsie. And I, I can actually read you the, the, the text of the yes, email. Please, I have a, please do. Yeah, I have a screenshot here. <laughs> it was, I mean, it's very form lettery, but it was it was incredibly apolog apologetic, which I thought was was kind of strange. Uh, I'm going to do suspension as a good term. Yeah, case number 70236511, account suspension at Prank T. Nelson. And it goes, Hello. We have unsuspended your account at Crank T. Oh, no, this is the old one. Oh, this is from last time. Whoopsie daisies. This is a repeat offender. <laughs> yeah, this is a repeat offender. I apologize. I, I, I got to stop getting suspended. Uh, although I feel like at this point now... Yeah. I feel like at this point now I can't get in trouble anymore. Like, just no. like everybody on Twitter comes in and they're like, ah, oh, this guy again. You got the flu, uh, so now you can't catch it again. That's how it works. Yeah, that's how it works. I caught, or I got the, uh, I got, I got vaxxed. That's exactly. I got vaccinated. Where the fuck did I send it? I got it. All right, I got it in my messages here. Um, you got to ask. Uh, you got to add Jack to your list of people you can receive emails from instead of just uh, my good friend and life coach Jack. Yeah. All right, here we go. Case number 01045590021 at Crank T. Nelson on suspension. Hello. After further review, we have unsuspended your account as it does not actually appear to be in violation of the Twitter rules. Your account is now unsuspended. We appreciate your patience and sincerely apologize for any inconvenience. Please note it may take an hour or more for your follower account to reach its former levels. And that's it. That's it. You don't, <laughs> I don't, know. You don't even know what post or anything. No, although free Krang and stuff was trending nationwide, which I guess was yeah 
oh god it's so dumb imagine if people like i hate to be like your mom when you do something dumb or something like that but like imagine if you put this energy towards something productive you yeah. know like if you did this for any social cause, any literally any other cause. Yeah, you <laughs> you, you heard it here, that. people who love Krang enough to hashtag free Krang. You're all fucking idiots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I also yeah, you are. Idiots to follow me. Even before that, you were idiots to follow me. But like, come on, man. And also, like, let's take a step back and realize it's not that much different than the QAnon army believing that they can post memes to like topple the government yeah P- fucking boner hitler 420 saying free krang is not going to move the needle for the administration of twitter like ah. it's just not and so like i mean I, it was touching i it very much enhanced my imposter syndrome <laughs> i'm like i don't you guys stop but uh i think it's just you know it's it's an interesting thing about twitter because like I also have a, a an Instagram account, and I've never sat there thinking on Instagram like, "Oh no, just do the wrong thing and I'm fucked." But like with Twitter, it's very you know kind of yeah. Uh, what happened with the was much more interesting. What happened with the the November fourth Super Soldiers one was that it was this kind of teamwork effort. Although I think the latter half of the team didn't realize it between cynical people on the alt right who knew that this was a joke, obviously. Um, it, it, it has, you imagine how dumb you'd have to be to not think that that was a joke. Yeah. It's a legitimate threat, mm-hmm. but lo and behold. Um, but, uh, so there, there was a group of people and, and this is a longer story, but one of my friends had created a fake MAGA 2020, uh, DM group DM and gotten lots of people on the right to join it and make it their sole like mode of group DM. So it was like that was the the ant gamer guy, the little the big the Asian guy who's like into games and oh my, uh, Miles uh, Jong uh, Ian yeah, Miles one. Jong or whatever yeah that guy so him and that mom bot one the one who pretends to be like a Japanese mother and like a bunch of these other like kind of people all communicating in this group about coordinating this reporting against me and i knew it was coming because the people who ran the group were actually not on the right and were like hey this is coming so what they did was they cynically boosted it into older right-wing person spaces who are more gullible and don't understand comedy and sarcasm and cynicism things those are the ones who had the numbers to really get it done you know what i mean like because you have to get lots of reports to get something taken down and and to get an account fully suspended like mine was um <laughs> although that time i was able to make a fake like, like a new account like almost immediately this time they like banned my phone number and my computer and everything i couldn't do shit, Holy shit. um but and that was what kind of kind of got me and you know looking back on it like I, I definitely tiptoe a little bit more now like to make sure that i don't like phrase things certainly i have to say like pass away a lot Instead of dies, like, you know, like, say, like, millions of Antifa of super soldiers will pass away all white parents and small businesses. They're going to murk a bunch of white parents or, like, you know, power slam or something. And, you know, keywords, for, keywords for getting banned because it's all done algorithmically. It was interesting to watch it happen and, and see the, re- the re- response to it on that from, from them, you know, because what was interesting was, was I was reinstated. They all got really mad. And they were like, how is this allowed? You know, there was a big movement. And then what started happening was I started getting threats. And now a lot of people on Twitter, and I'm not, 
I'm not looking down on people who take Twitter threats seriously because in a lot of cases they are, but I'm not particularly fucking worried about the people that were sending me threats. They were mostly like elderly people in Oklahoma. They're like, okay, come and find me. Like, like, you know, like yeah. you know, come and murder me in New York city. Like, please, I, I would beg you to. Um, but, uh, you know, and then, but there was this one guy and I, and, and his, his account's long gone and I have the screenshots of it in a folder somewhere. I wish I could find them, but, uh, he, he sent me all these pictures and he had taken masking tape and, and put them on all of these guns and said like Krang T Nelson Hunter, you know, Antifa super soldier <laughs> Hunter. But the funniest fucking part was he's like this, this kind of you know, chubby old man. And he had had like, he got like a really small pistol, like something, I don't know, like pretty small 38 pistol or something. And he had, you know what a drum mag is? Yes. You know what a double drum mag is? Like the one where the drums go off yes. either side. So he had like an 150 like bullet drum mag, <laughs> double drum mag, sticking out the back of this little <laughs> pistol. And then he stuck the, the barrel of the pistol down his ass crack. So like the double barrels were like a tail, the double, the, the double drums were like a tail coming off the back of him, like a fucking squirtle or something. And <laughs> what the fuck? And he had clearly boarded up his house and stuff. And his shirt said like Antifa super soldier hunter and stuff like that. And it's just like, man, this guy wow. boarded up his house, Yeah, boarded up his house and set up and made a custom wardrobe and, and decked out all of his guns because of a joke I made at like 10 a.m. when I was stoned to shit. Like, <laughs> it's fucking yeah. hilarious to me. That checks out. Uh, but, you know, that one took a lot longer to come back. I was offline for a couple days on that. Uh, the, this most recent one was pretty quick. Like, I think I was. Yeah. I mean, I've been offline all night. I think I went to sleep and I got banned at like 2 a.m. Yeah. So when I woke up, there was a fervor online about it. But I woke up at like 930 on Friday and I think I was back online by like 10:45, 11 or something like that. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, and like that, like I find, you know, now at this point, I find out about these things from like wake up and I have 300 fucking texts. And, you know, that's how I found out I was suspended. And then, you know, you find out you're unsuspended from people sending you back like, what the fuck? You're back. And I'm like, oh, I guess I am. Yeah. And, you know, open it up again. Um, but I think, you know, it was funny to me remembering Laura Loomer and baked Alaska's reactions and just trying to use that as a, as a compass of what not to do when you get banned. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go march around and what, what did baked Alaska do? He did an eight hour live stream in a big, in a, a in and out burger parking lot. Yeah. Yeah. It was a fast food parking lot. Yeah. Imagine streaming for eight hours. Imagine watching an eight hour stream. Very, it's very classy. I mean, imagine sitting in a parking lot for eight hours. <laughs> he got banned from YouTube, right? Baked Alaska. That's why he's on TikTok. Now. I think yeah. so. Yeah. yeah. He's got nothing left. <clears throat> that poor guy, he started at BuzzFeed, <laughs> he and he was like, uh, "Sorry, Jewel got me, got me off that woo." Uh, but, uh, yeah, he uh, he started at BuzzFeed, and he uh, he was like pretty woke, I guess. You know, like he he was like all about Black yeah. Lives Matter and respecting pronouns and shit. And I think he hit this. This speaks to something about him more than the QAnon people, but. I think he just didn't like getting pushback, and eventually he's gonna find whatever group doesn't give him any pushback for his shitty things he does. Yeah, right. And I'm like, what group? What group says that you, a white man, have never done anything wrong? Yep. The all right. Mm -hmm. So eventually, that was where he was gonna find himself. But I think the reason he got no, I know the reason he got fired from BuzzFeed 
was because he kept saying Justin Bieber was his like Native American spirit animal in an article about Native Americans or something. Uh... And they were like, you can't do that. But that that's <laughs> just like a that's like, a fucking boomer joke. Like that's it's a boomer joke. It's like making a, a, a Elizabeth Warren Focahontas thing. Like, or like it's like saying like my gender is attack hol- helicopter. Oh yeah, it's a my gender is attack helicopter thing for sure. And like. You know, it's just not even a funny joke. Like, listen, man, if you're going to, you know, fucking go up on the cross for a joke, make it a good one. Yeah. Um, no irony. Yeah, and so he was, he just wouldn't let it go. And that was eventually what led to him being, you know, fired from BuzzFeed. Yeah, it checks Was out. that he just would not let this one joke go. And he was really mm-hmm. mad that he wasn't allowed to make it. And then, you know, smash cut to, I think, less than a year and a half later. And he's doing milk in his eyes at Charlottesville. Keep streaming me, someone. I'm, I'm streaming. So get someone to stream me. I got it, I got it, bitch. Okay, so look right right here, I got okay, it. Okay, What is my people saying? Alright. Uh, Damn, that sucks. Milk. I need more milk. Yeah. Yeah, so a an slippery slope. You know, just a real fun group from top to bottom. <laughs> so But I would say that, you know, he's at least smart enough not to buy into the QAnon stuff, which Speaks to the intelligence of the average QAnon guy. I mean, it's true that he's already doing TikTok videos from like his living room. I think QAnon would some would be maybe the only step down that he could do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, hey man, give him some time. It could be like if he's a grifter, and I don't think he's a very good one. That's the, that's the the, the place yeah. you want to be. Sweet you spot. have a group of gormless, completely <laughs> gullible people. Yeah, with very limited income that they're willing to throw away at any different thing. Like these are the people who are giving, you know, their last hundred dollars to the GoFundMe for the wall. Yeah, and yeah. like, you know, these people are just, you know, I can't think of a more prime group to scam. You could than very a group of easily conspiracy theorists who will believe literally anything. You could very easily get them to hand over their baloney. Yeah, absolutely, and and I I would certainly hope that someone does. I think, <laughs> but you not know, their chips. No. What's next for you, Crank? I have not pitched my next article yet. Um, working on my own podcast a little bit, uh, but as you guys probably know, I learned very quickly that it's actually much more complicated than you think. <laughs> Audio editing. Um, what's the but, podcast you know, called? Uh, we got the bad take right now. We're going with the bad take. I found That's out recently cool. that there's another podcast called the bad take, but we will my goal is to crush them. them. Uh, yes. we, my goal is to crush them. We with my recognize giant ass. your new Guaido uh, version uh, as president of that podcast. <laughs> there you go. And that so, Maduro fucking Chavista regime. Yeah. Goodbye. That is an interesting, not to not to, to tangent <laughs> off, but I've noticed recently that is an interesting point of contention amongst the Q supporters is what's going on with Venezuela. Yeah, yes. Because it's Trump doing it, and they implicitly trust Trump, but it's Trump at the advisement of John Bolton. Mm. They hate the Iraq War. Sure. They hate U.S. Inventor- interventionism because they see it as part of this like neoliberal global elite cabal. Like it's never going to benefit them, and they're right there. They're yeah, absolutely yeah, totally. right. There are seeds of what these people believe that I absolutely believe are true. Right. Seeds of it. Mm-hmm. Overtones. That these are the, there are people in the global elite who do not care about you. I think that they're right that George H.W. Bush and Hillary Clinton are not really on different teams. They're on the same team that benefits corporations and global power and, you know, kind of the, the, the bureaucracy, as it were. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm not going to use the word deep state. And then also historically and to this day jeffrey epstein uh billionaires and powerful mm-hmm. people have used pedophilia as a way to bond themselves uh to you know to to keep you know 
I guess, loyalty within the ranks to have like, you know, that blackmail thing above you, even within Nexium, what they would do is they would get collateral on people. They would make them give up, you know, stories of crimes they'd committed or, you know, really gross, you know, sexual photos and things and, and use that to keep them in line. And, you know, so I think that's real. I think Pizzagate, like the seeds of Pizzagate are real. Mm-hmm. But where they go from there and how they go about it is possibly the most batshit possible way to go about it. Yeah, and yeah. so it's the same thing with this. I, their inherent distrust of these things like the, the U.S. coup in Venezuela is correct. It is that the, at the you know, w- whether the Venezuelan people want regime change or not, put that aside. The U.S.'s involvement in it, the global business and, and government community's involvement in this coup is clearly at the behest of global capital and 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 you know corporate entities and corporate interests. Right. And so they're right there. They're not wrong. They have this this seed of of the correct idea and then they just fucking yeah. go the worst possible way with it. And that's that's kind of that <laughs> yeah. for me. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Crank. Absolutely, dudes. Talk to you guys soon. All right, later, Crank. Thank you so much for tuning in for another week of QAnon Anonymous. We do not run any advertising on our podcast. We are supported entirely by our listeners. Our Patreon is patreon.com slash QAnon Anonymous. If you pay $5 a month, you'll get access to all our premium episodes and give the show a chance to really grow. Our goal is to remain 100% editorially independent, and when you subscribe to our Patreon, you contribute to making this a reality. So if you haven't already, please go subscribe to our Patreon, and I want to thank all of our new $5 contributors, Dylan Y., Travis E., James D., Pete H., Sherry M., Carly M., Lucas S., Cody M., Nathan W., Magnus B., Adam H., Rob B., Josh S., and Cameron B. A big thank you to our $10 contributors, A.W., Allison L., Adam W., Drew M., Eric O., James O., Joel D., John S., Josh R., Owen H., Robert B., and of course, Sabir. And a massive thank you to our $20 contributors, Brant F., Chris T., Derek T., Joel T.H., Luke B., and Susie R. Brant and Derek, uh, thank you so much for your generosity. We will be sending your audio messages soon. We also have a Discord channel, which is just a place to chat and share stuff. If you want to pop in, go to our Twitter and either DM us or find the Discord tweet. This week's guest was Krang T. Nelson. You can follow him at Krang T. Nelson on Twitter. You probably already follow him. Speaking of Twitter, you can follow each and every one of us there. My handle is Julian Field, F-E-E-L-D. Jake's is at Real Tansky, And Travis, of course, is at Travis underscore view. The podcast Twitter handle is at QAnon Anonymous, and I secretly run it. Listener, Listener until next, next week, week, may Deep Dish bless you, bless you and keep you. Nah, conspiracy. Yeah,